Chapter 30 of Arona, Self-Sacrifice The armies of the Alliance have been significantly cut down. We were losing and losing badly. Still the siege of Castone continued. What else could we do? Most of the older soldiers had now been killed, and the order of the legions were reconfigured. The legion I was assigned to was due to attack later that day. Finally, the third gatehouse began to look conquerable. I wondered how many lives had been lost so far to get to this point. Tens of thousands? More? Grandfather, please! Please tell Troy not to attack! He said he was willing to fight. We need every man we can get. He is naturally young and strong. The king kept his eyes fixed on the battle, peering towards the last gatehouse. Yes, I will fight. I will do my part. We all watched as the next wave of brave men prepared to run across the bridges. Suddenly the familiar horns of the Elden came blasting from behind us. The Elden! They've come! A shadow swooped over us as vast numbers of Elden flew overhead towards Gaston. They dove below, shooting their darts into the guardians of the gatehouse. Other eagles flew high above, as the Elden on their backs released baskets of stones and exploding balls, bombarding our enemies with great success. Full attack! yelled the king. The heralds echoed his cry down the lines, and the legions advanced. Our soldiers rushed towards the last remaining gatehouse. With the Castone defenders distracted by the Elden attack, most of our troops were able to reach their target with their ladders while the defenders of Castone busied themselves with refitting their weapons, hoping to thwart the surprise Elden attack. Everyone attack now! The cliffs roared with more cheers as we watched our men storm the massive gatehouse, pouring over its walls and cutting down the defenders. I finished suiting up for battle feeling excited as I watched our allies climb the tallest tower of the gatehouse and hoist the blue and yellow flag of the Alliance. All at once, Castone began to fire their anti-air weapons, huge flat catapults, which could rotate and reposition on a series of gears, blacken the sky with tiny pieces of rock and metal. Eldens began to drop like flies. I gasped and cried out in horror while I watched these terrible machines make quick work of my brave little friends. Moments later, the large trebuchets and other war machines farther back in Castone released their destructive payloads towards the final gatehouse. As fast as our hope had come, it was gone. Explosions ripped through our soldiers, tossing them from their recently conquered fortifications and into the sea below. Within minutes, the gatehouse was almost completely destroyed. The last of our soldiers retreated back towards the cliffs. People poured out of Castone, retaking the ruined gatehouse. They quickly removed what was left of our tattered blue and yellow flag, replacing it once again with the black flag of the Turonks. The cliffs went silent. We watched as the last remaining Elden flew to safety. Cheers from Castone crushed our already ruined morale. Then something strange happened. Whispers surrounded me. What is it? What's going on? It's Russo. Look. I could barely see Russo. He was surrounded by bright blue light, 
as he walked out to the edge of the balcony of the tallest tower of Gaston. We all went silent. He held his hands high, showing his chains for all to see. What a fool he had been. He'd thrown away everything out of greed. He had accomplished so much, but it wasn't enough. It was never enough. I don't think it ever could be. His lust for the Arone had consumed him, slowly strangling out the good he longed for. He now stood looking out at his closest friend and ally, King Richard, a man Russo could hardly recognize. Gone was the cheerful, peace-loving king he knew. In its place was a vengeful king, hardened, ruthless, and quick-tempered, angry at the world he belonged to. I watched as the bright blue glow began to expand around Russo. I looked over at the king, and the same light engulfed him, his eyes and face frozen as he stared towards Russo. A stream of bright blue light connected both men. They were communicating, saying what I don't know. I looked back at Russo, and the light around him grew brighter and brighter, quickly expanding outwards. A deep, loud rumbling began to shake the ground below us. I felt a, a pressure in the air and in my ears, and saw thousands of bright blue light beams shoot down from the sky and up from the sea, all of them converging on Russo. I heard King Richard yell something through the rumbling, and he came running towards us, seemingly in slow motion with a panicked look on his face. I quickly glanced back at Russo, who then threw down his chained hands. In that instance, it went completely silent. Then a burst of blue light, brighter than the sun, suddenly exploded from his body. It was as if an atomic bomb had just gone off inside of his chest. The city beneath him exploded in every direction. Rock, men, beasts, and debris came flying towards us. I was thrown at least a hundred feet back by the force of the blast, smashing into scores of other soldiers. I stood up, dazed, and, and looked out of the city, not believing what I was seeing. Castone was gone. The city had been completely wiped out in the explosion, leveled with only parts of the foundation remaining. Something tickled the side of my face, and I reached up to find blood dripping out of my ringing ears. I could hear nothing as I ran back towards the cliff's edge in search of Chosiah. I screamed her name, unable to hear my own voice. I searched frantically through the rubble. Finally, I found her beneath a pile of wood and other debris that had been shot out from the explosion of the city. She too was bleeding from her ears, but also from her nose and her mouth. I was able to lift the large debris off of her, shaking her lifeless body as tears ran down my face. I pulled out a piece of wood that had been pierced through her back and out of her stomach. Her skin was red and charred with burns. Please, please, someone help me! I screamed as my hearing started to return. No, no, Chelsea! cried King Richard, appearing beside me. He bent down to embrace her. Then he looked up at me with a wild look in his eyes. She's still alive. Take her into the ruined city. Find the Pierre Rome beneath. Hurry! I grabbed the reins of one of the remaining horses and quickly heaved her limp body over the saddle. I rode as fast as I could along the cliff's edge and out across the half-destroyed bridges that led to the ruined city. The horse leapt across some of the gaps in the bridges, barely making it. 
The last drawbridge had fallen and broken in places, making small gaps that my horse wouldn't cross, so I was forced to dismount. I gently scooped up Chelsiah in my arms and tried to run across the makeshift bridge and into the rubble. I frantically searched for a way leading down into the mountain where the pools of Arun had once been. There, an opening, a dark hole not far off. I kicked away some of the wooden beams and other debris that covered a spiral staircase descending into the island mountain. I hurried down the stairs and rushed through the crumbled hallways. I felt a glimmer of hope as I spotted a bright glow of the pure Rhone up ahead. The entire time I ran, I spoke to Chelsiah, hoping she would come back to me. There it is! Without even thinking, I jumped into the pool of pure Rhone. The princess still in my arms. We quickly sank to the bottom. I was blinded. The glow was so bright that I was unable to see Chelsiah, though I held her tight. My feet hit the bottom of the stone pool and I pushed up struggling to swim to the stairs. Now up to my waist in a roan, I looked down at her. She didn't move. Nothing had happened. My entire body started to burn like I had been set on fire. Not only my skin, but my insides, my organs, my heart, my brain, they all burned as I clenched my teeth in pain. I looked down as I held her and watched the cuts on my arms heal right before my eyes. The burning started to subside and I felt a comforting warmth envelop my body. I felt instantly strong. My thoughts were clear. My emotions were open and full. I, I felt pure joy. I was not only aware of my own emotions, but Chelsias. An unexplainable knowing began to fill me. I felt her love for me. I felt her love for her grandfather and her people. I felt her fear, her sadness, and her joy. She was alive! I could tell she was alive! In that moment, she gasped for air! Her wounds healed right before my eyes. She was beautiful, glowing, and calm. She looked at me, and we connected like never before. We had actually experienced one another's feelings and both seen our future together. I asked her if she was okay, and she nodded yes. I gently kissed her lips. A sense of relief and happiness consumed me. The excitement I felt as Chelsiah regained consciousness almost made me forget where I was and what had just happened. As soon as we came up from underground, I was quickly reminded of the devastation. Small drips of glowing blue beams fell from the clouds. The battle was over. Castone was in total ruin, completely destroyed by Russo's atomic suicide. Every living thing in the city had been wiped out. The wind blew slightly as an eerie silence surrounded us. Only the crackling of small blue fires could be heard as Chelsiah and I walked past. Nothing was left of Castone but a ruined outline of the once towering walls. We rushed back to the cliffs, and I saw the destruction caused to our armies by the blast. All of the land within a hundred feet of the cliff's edge was charred black, and many small blue fires were still burning. As we hurried across the bridge, I could see that all the ships below the city had either been destroyed by the initial explosion or by the ensuing tidal wave that followed when large parts of the city fell into the sea. How our fate has changed, I thought to myself. One second, there seemed to be no hope, no chance of victory, and in the next, our enemies were completely annihilated. Why had Russo done it? Was it out of anger because of the betrayal of his new allies? 
Or did he realize his fate was set, regardless of who won, and that he would be executed either way? Maybe he couldn't stand another second being a prisoner in his own city, a city that he had built from scratch into an empire over thousands of years. An empire that came to dominate life and trade on Arona. Or had the good in Russo finally conquered the evil? Even for a brief moment? Did he regret his decision to decide that his self-sacrifice to provide our victory was the ultimate show of remorse? Would he have done this if he had never been betrayed by his new allies, the Turonks? Probably not. But who knows? Those answers died with Russo. Russo's mastery of the Aron had displayed the ultimate power and destruction of the Aron. Never in the history of Arona had something like this taken place. As we hurried across the last bridge, members of the Alliance ran past us with empty buckets, cups, and bowls, anything to fill with Aron. Chelsiah ran into the king's arms. Chelsiah! he cried, embracing her tightly. He stared out at the ruined city in a trance. If only your brother was still alive. If only he was here now. Akat is dead. Castone has been destroyed. He's not dead, responded the king, still staring, deep in thought. What? How do you know, grandfather? Russo. He told me right before. At least there's peace on Arona again, I said. You have control of the Arona now. Peace? Peace, screamed the king, suddenly emerging from his subdued state. He turned to me with those wild eyes. There will be no peace until all of my enemies rest peacefully in their graves. I will have my vengeance. A glow began to consume him. The ground beneath us began to tremble. I I'm sorry, King Richard. I, I didn't realize you know nothing. This war has just begun. He brushed Chalciah to the side and mounted his horse. We watched in muted shock. I realized then what a fool I was. King Richard would not stop until King Akat was dead. Prepare to march to the kingdom of Turonk. We will find King Akat there and end his existence once and for all. Still, even with more war coming, I had already made up my mind. I was going to stay on Arona. I needed to find my brothers and tell them. When I first arrived on this world, I thought this was all a terrible accident, that I had to get home at all costs. I knew now that I was wrong. Arona was my destiny. That's it for season one of Arona. Thank you to the hundreds of you who have written such nice reviews. It means so much and keeps me motivated. I'm not sure when I'll begin season two. Feel free to send me any questions or messages through my Instagram at, at AdamJamesBooks. In the meantime, stay safe, drink your own, and bye for now.